Maloney, and this is the place where aspiring six and seven figure fundraisers come to be encouraged, empowered, and educated on how to raise more funds and have more freedom. We're in episode 135, and today I have a special guest, and I'm super excited about this conversation today. Uh, Dan Hurlbrink is with us from the other side of the world. He's coming from um, Romania, and he is the director and founder of the ministry Barnabas Ministries. And so, uh, Dan, we have a long history together. It's been a few years, but um, I'm, I've been so fortunate because we've had the opportunity to work together through a variety of different things as you've worked through your ministry. Will you share with us just a little bit about your cause? Who is Barnabas Ministries and, and what do you guys do? Yes, um, Barnabas Ministries was actually founded in 1993, um, several years after Romania came out of from an under communism. Over the years, Barnabas Ministries has evolved. Um, whenever I first came here, the country was in such a um, shambles that everybody and everything was needing help. And as Christians, we were trying to do everything. But over the years, we kind of realized that our main calling is to help children and to encourage their families along life's path, especially in a spiritual sense. But um, so that's where we're really focusing the last several years, helping the children, helping families, strengthening them, um, mainly in rural Romania, because we're living in a smaller city that represents pretty much the population of Romania living in rural areas. Yeah. And you guys have done really incredible work, but you have, you've got a lot of challenges in the mix as you raise funds. And uh, that was something that when we initially connected, it was like, okay, you are, you live and your family all lives in Romania, but most of your donors live in the United States, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and a time difference of about seven, eight hours, right? Yes. Yes. So tell me a little bit about, I know when we connected, it's, it's been a few years, but uh, tell me how, yeah, how did you find the work that I do and why did you decide that you wanted to get more help when it comes to fundraising? Okay, well, um, to, originally, whenever I was trained as a missionary, I was taught that, hey, and if the provision comes, then you move forward with that plan, and um, if the provision doesn't, then obviously I had another plan, but you know, as years go by and you have a ministry that grows bigger and bigger, that doesn't necessarily always work. And we found ourselves with a ministry that needed support and many people coming for help and us having to turn many of them away um, because the resources weren't there. And also in our personal lives, the resources weren't there because we were trying to help so many people around us. And um, so I realized that something needed to change. Obviously, um, I was missing something with the teaching that I had received. So I went online, started to look around about being fully funded. So, um, so basically, it was about a year ago, just over a year ago, where we actually got to meet face to face. And um, when we sat down, I hadn't realized that you had not been to the United States in, what was it, eight years? Eight years, yes. <laughs> Which is crazy. I can't even imagine being away from my family and friends and, you know, that for that period of time. And so um, once I found that out this year, I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy, the kind of work that you've been doing. But about a year ago then, you actually, so yeah, like you said, two years ago, you went through our program 
through Fully Funded, which is the program that Mike, Kim, and I have partnered together on. And then you decided, once I rolled out my program, Fundraising Freedom Academy, last year, you decided to join in on that program. Tell me what was going through your head when you were like, hey, here's this opportunity to uh, put on a signature fundraiser. And what were you thinking when you were like, hey, let's consider joining in on this? Well, originally, the reason why I was outside the country for eight years was because we adopted a family of children. It was a long, slow process, but because of that, we couldn't leave the country or the process would have been canceled. So it kind of forced us to have to stay here, which was a disaster for our fundraising because out of sight, out of mind, and um, people in America don't necessarily understand that as a missionary, you can't always leave and come home and visit. And so um, after eight years, um, we were really hurting financially. And the ministry, the question was almost, is the ministry going to survive from this? So I realized drastic changes had to be made. Living in an isolated city in a foreign country, finances, um, communicating people on, with people online, um, back home, but I realized that that was my only choice. So it, I had to make it work. Having communicated with you and joining your program, I thought, you know, I can try this and see if it works. And yeah. um, it did. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of my favorite meetings that we had was actually uh, when you joined in on one of our weekly calls and with you was one of your board members. He had traveled, you know, from the United States to Romania to spend some time with you and just to really see what was going on with your ministry. And when he joined in on our conversation, it was, there was something like a fire had been lit underneath him. Like his eyes had been opened and he was ready to move forward. What happened during that trip when he came to visit you? Yeah, I think, um, I think having been working with Fully Funded for almost over over a year at that time, I was really able to clarify, okay, what is Barnabas Ministries? Where is our future going? You know, pretty much being able to answer the questions that Joe had, and then actually sitting in on one of the conversations that we were having, I think it really sparked a fire and under for him. Yeah, well, and when the best part then, of course, was when we were all together, I've mentioned on the podcast that I spent a couple days in, well, a week in Columbus, Ohio, and you you and Joe, you and your board member got a chance to come and join us for that workshop as well. And so we had two full days together where I got to meet your board member to really, you know, spend some time together. And I think that there was something really, I mean, it was just, I think it was magical to be honest with you. I thought it was so beautiful. Um, when he introduced himself, he said, you know, there are three things that were the most important to him. And he said, God, his family and Dan Hurlbrink. <laughs> and, and so yeah. for him to say that, I think was, you know, a night and day, I, I know, because I've been walking with you through this process. Um, what, what has happened with your board of directors over the last year? What do you think you've done differently that others who are listening in can say, hey, you know, I'm struggling with my board. What could I do to turn things around with them? Well, um, there was a time having been, uh, been out of the country for eight years, not really having personal contact with our board members, that our board basically dried up, dwindled away. So we were almost without a board, and the, those members that were still on the board were just, you know, their effect 
but um, I realized, you know, if we're going to make this ministry work, I need to have an active working board. The thought came to my mind one day, I just need to start communicating with them. So I set up a Facebook group and I just started communicating every idea that I had and what was on my mind and what I was hoping to see by this ministry's accomplish. You know, I would just do that, you know, every other day or every couple of days. And um, after a while, the board members started to communicate, we began to work together. And um, I have been trying to get together a group, but from 7,000 miles away, that's a little bit hard to do. I determined that, you know, if I'm going to get this group together, I have to be very communicating with people. So I would pick up the phone or catch them on the internet in some form of communication and try to communicate with And actually I made it a goal that I communicate with somebody every day. There was a time of probably two or three months that it just seemed like this is impossible. It's never going to work. Mm-hmm. It's never going to happen. And, but I continued to do that, continued to believe God. And it was just something happened. Um, but it Somebody said, can we do a call? Somebody set up a call and every one of the board members were on there and they were excited. And I realized God has, God has put together this board, um, something that I could not do. God did. Yeah. I remember specifically one of our calls for fundraising freedom Academy when we were on and you said, I have a, I, I believe you said it was either a B or C level board. Um, and I, if you guys follow the stuff that I do or read my book, Fundraising Freedom, I, you know, usually talk in A, B, C, D, you know, levels as far as your volunteers. And, and obviously an A level volunteer for your board is different than an A level volunteer for uh, your fundraising event or your uh, day of volunteer work, you know? So, so when I say an A plus volunteer for your board, uh, that's a, a specific requirement that you Barnabas Ministries needs to run your your organization very different than a, a different board. But one thing that you said was that, yeah, that you said my board's more like a B or C right now, but they have the ability to be an A plus board. And you went to work, you were very intentional. And I just want everybody to hear that is that you were very intentional about turning your board into an A plus board and to have that communication. And I think that that's something that people don't realize is that you have a lot more control than you think that you do. And I remember specifically telling you that uh, several months ago, because I was like, okay, if your board has the ability to become an A plus uh, board, they're, they're basically doing what you tell them to do. And right now you're telling them not to communicate because you weren't communicating. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. I think, um, you know, now looking back I, at the moment right now, I would say I have a plus members on our board. And what's really interesting is that most of our board members have not changed. They're the same people. They were always A, A-plus people. I just wasn't seeing the potential in them or maybe wasn't that potential to be used for the ministry. And I think through our conversations, through our weekly meetings, I was able to understand the potential of each individual board member, encourage them in that. And it's interesting also, there's a synergy that's created in a board that they begin to encourage the best of each other. And when that happens, I think that is incredible. 
I have watched a lot of boards over the years where it's not because that they're, they're doing anything wrong or that they're not equipped. It's purely that, yep, as a, as a group, there, there isn't that synergy. And once you start to pull out the very best qualities in people and you get, you empower them to step up. Oh yeah. Then you start to get a bunch of Joes like you have on your board and it's, it's a lot of fun to watch and of course be a part of, and then other people, yeah, it's, it's hard not to want to, to be a part of it. So tell me real quick uh, and tell the, everyone who's listening, what is your specific project that you're working on? And um, tell us a little bit about this fundraiser you just worked on here in the last month. Okay, well, um, the project that we're working on, um, you know, and I'm a missionary that, that two years ago was questioning whether we're going to be able to move, go forward or not. We call it the community campaign, and it's more than a half million dollars before we will complete it. The community campaign, we just want to be a blessing to the community which we live in. So the community campaign will... Um, be a building that has an after school for underprivileged children that need help with their education. Um, in Romania, education is um, very different than in America. So we see that as a, a primary need here. Um, we will have an after school adult education classes. What were your initial thoughts when you jumped into Fundraising Freedom Academy and were like, okay, we're going to put on this fundraiser? Um, whenever um, I had always wanted to have like a dinner or a banquet celebrating the successes of the ministry each year, but because we're so far away, it just was never possible. When you guys all got together then uh, and pulled this fundraiser together, what were the results? What, what happened once you arrived in the U.S. and, and started working on this project? Okay, well, over the months I, we, I communicated with our board, the board caught the vision, and actually the board 100% together did everything. Um, I just flew back to enjoy the meal. During that meal, we're able to raise over $15,000 that evening. Since then, probably directly related to what happened, probably another $20,000 since. We have Christian camps throughout the summer and um, each child, it costs $50 per week's camp. Um, so we added that into the ticket price of the meal. Half of the ticket price covered one half of a child attending the camp. So. Okay, so when you got there, they were, you know, the room was full and everything. Tell me what ended up having to happen because of your capacity. Well, um, we had planned for 100 people and we were right at 100 people. And uh, the last week I was kind of concerned that we weren't going to have enough places. So <laughs> we couldn't really add too many more seats into the venue in which we rented. But it was beautiful. It was so much fun to see that because I think that that, you know, a win like that where you accomplished what you guys set out to do says a lot to your board members. It says a lot to your the community that this is something worth supporting and worth being a part of. I could just tell when I, when I, you know, saw Joe a few weeks ago and how he was so fired up and so excited about the possibility of what could be. And just the fact that you empowered your board members, you empowered them to step up in a way that they probably had never been asked before. And you really saw such incredible results. And I, I just want to give you publicly a huge pat on the back for the work that you've done, because this was all, very intentional as the director of your organization you have done the work 
<laughs> so if you're Thank listening you. right now, yeah, if you're listening and you're like, how do I, how do, I do what Dan did? <laughs> how do I get my board to follow what it is that I want them to do? Can you give them just a piece of advice, something that uh, you've done that you're like, if, if you just take on a few of these things, I think it'll make a difference for you. Yeah, I think for me, I realized that I needed to set aside time And it's a little bit difficult having a family of blended children. And we also lead a ministry that if we wanted to, we could be working from morning to night. But I made the decision, I have to set aside time for fundraising. I had to make it a priority. So I made a lot of changes. And there were certain times that I blotted out throughout the day that this is my time for fundraising. And, uh, you know, reading about fundraising, studying how to fundraise, realizing that everything else in the ministry depends upon the resources that I have to accomplish that. Absolutely. Well, and you, one of the things that I, I mentioned on this podcast is a Jim Rohn quote that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And one of the things that you have done really well is that you've made a a conscious decision to surround yourself with people who are going to lift you up. And I know you live in a country that's, there's a lot lot of negativity. There's a lot of things that are not going in your favor. So tell me how you've you've made that decision. What have you done to surround yourself with people that are going to help you uh, become a better version and to just help your overall ministry raise more funds and be more active? Because I live in Romania where there is a lot there's not much initiative to move forward with things just because it's so difficult it's easier just to sit down and do nothing as to try to do something so I realized you know if I'm going to make this thing work I need encouragement from outside actually my decision was to join for fundraising freedom academy and in that academy to me We're also on a fundraising journey, trying to raise resources for their missions, ministries. You know, I made a conscious decision to try to reach out and encourage them. And in return, they encourage me. And also within that, you know, we have certain meetings and I scheduled those out and I have tried nothing interfere with those meetings make them a priority. Well, and um, last week on the podcast, you guys heard from April, who's also part of our calls. And um, and then this last week, I did an interview with uh, Joel Furrow. And so these three guys are just three of the multiple um, students that we have in the program. But the great thing is, is that, yeah, you're all doing very similar, trying trying to rally your team around a cause, around your thing, to get them to all do what it just raise the funds that you guys need to, to move your mission forward. And um, I think that that's one of those things that I didn't really anticipate uh, at the level that it, it has, you know, become. I just think beautiful about being in community with other people who are going through what you've been going through. And so uh, I just think that, yeah, it's been really, really great. So tell me as far as your mission moving forward and the work that you're doing, what is it that you want to see happen in the next few years for your cause? I think for me, I want to see our ministry fully funded and need not happen to focus so much on bringing in resources that we can fully focus upon the mission that we have here in Romania, being able to help all the people that come to our door, not just a few. And you guys, you and your board members, I because I've, I've actually seen it personally, have really locked arms towards this. And yeah. your, your board members have verbally said to you, we want you to be able to spread the load, invite other people in to uh, encourage growth 
you know, not just feel like it's all on your shoulders. And uh, for anybody who is running <laughs> a <Yeah>. nonprofit, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure that is that is the dream that everybody would feel like they've got a part in this and that everybody's responsible for the success of the organization across the board. What have, what have you seen in the last year that you're like, that has really just made things easier for you? For me, it's easier now because I'm not carrying the load myself. I think I passed the vision on to our board members. Also, I know others that are on this fundraising journey through um, fundraising freedom that um, sometimes we can encourage each other. You know, I've got a good support group around me and I see a good future now. You know, I've been in ministry 27 years. Me and my wife's been leading Barnabas for 27 years, which, um, you know, in the next 10 years, our focus has to be, you know, we have to leave this to somebody else and we want to have true success. You know, we're not going to be able to lead a ministry that's struggling to survive to any Anybody, nobody's going to want to take that on. So if we can get it strong and fully functioning financially, then I think Barnabas has a good future and will continue long after us. And I think that's very important. And that's what I want for everybody who's listening right now. And I know, Dan, you want that too. And that's why yes. you agreed to come on today's call because, or to, you know, be a part of this episode today because there are so many people who are listening in right now who are who are struggling who are trying to figure out how do we create a sustainable organization that is here long after we're gone and Dan when I started my fundraising efforts many years ago not not as long as you've been in doing your work <laughs> but but I feel like sometimes pretty close um, is that you know you don't want to be a part of something that's gonna die when you die all this work all this energy that you're putting into this it's like how can we make sure that this is here for decades and generations to come. And the best way that we can do that is that we can create a foundation that's so firm that nothing can shake it. And that means a strong board. That means, you know, that the funds are coming in, uh, you know, sustainable funds that come in every single month, every single year. And so that's why when, when I had started a, not only my book, but like any of the stuff that I do through this podcast and, and fundraising in general is that I want to see people just like you, Dan, know that you're not alone. <laughs> That it's like, I mean, you're not alone because every single person who's listening in right now is saying to themselves, I want sustainability. I want freedom. I want the ability to know that this thing's going to be here for years and years to come long after I'm gone. And so real quick, just to share with you guys, you know, Fundraising Freedom Academy is something that I just opened up the doors again for applications. And if you're, you know, thinking about, hey, how can I make 2020 different than 2019? How can I make things just a little bit easier for the work that we're doing? and just create a plan that actually works. If you've listened to April's story, Joel's story, or Dan's story, and you're like, yeah, I, I would love to be able to, <laughs> to, to have that fundraiser that's actually uh, something that happens year after year after year. Those applications are uh, open. You can actually apply for next year's program, and uh, you can do that at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y, forward slash apply for FRFA. I'll have that link in the show notes as well. And if you missed last week's webinar, the training that I did with Joel Furrow. You can also catch that at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash successful fundraiser. So bit.ly forward slash successful fundraiser, and you can catch the recording of that training. So uh, be sure to jump on that. I'll make sure that all this stuff is in the show notes. Dan, thank you for being a part of today's show. And I want to give you the opportunity to share too with anybody as far as uh, just advice. If they're sitting in the place that you were a year or two ago and, and really feeling like maybe this isn't something that you should be doing, maybe the doors are going to have to 
close on our organization or our ministry. What advice do you have for them? I would say do not give up. Sit down, think what you need to accomplish as far as fundraising. Maybe sit down and make a budget, maybe a base budget. Put it on your desk, grab Mary's Fundraising Freedom book, start working on it. Other books that you know can encourage you in the fundraising freedom journey. Pray, go forward. Yes. And listen to Dan. He's been there. <laughs> I just want to um, encourage you to, to listen to these guys because, I mean, they've been in your shoes. They know exactly what you, you're going through. It is, this stuff is is not easy. If it were easy, everybody would do it. And uh, you clearly have a passion. And Dan, you have such a passion for the people of Romania. And it, it oozes out of your conversations, out of the things you do. You obviously have sacrificed everything to do the work that you do. You've left your family and friends. You've created this new life for yourself in a country that's not especially conducive for positivity and you know all this stuff that you are trying to create for the people of your community. Thank you for the work that you're doing and just continuing to press forward during times that aren't easy, but you continue to communicate well to your people and, and you continue to just follow the process. And, and that's what I tell a lot of people is that I'm like, just follow the process. <laughs> you know, I've seen it work for Dan. I've seen it work for April, for Joel, for so many more, hundreds and hundreds of charities and individual missionaries that this process does work. Just follow the steps. All right. If you want to apply for Fundraising Freedom Academy, be sure to check the show notes and uh, click on that to apply. I'm going to be taking applications until December 13th. So you've got a few weeks, but don't wait, okay? Because I'm only taking 25 students and that is a max. So that means that I'm not taking more than 25, but there's a chance that it may be less than that, okay? So it's a really, really tight group of people. And I want to make sure that not only for Dan's sake and April and Joel's, that all of all of the people who come into Fundraising Freedom Academy are there to serve each other, to serve their organization and make sure that they raise the most amount of dollars for their cause. So if you're interested in that, apply, and then we'll jump on a call together and talk through it and see if you're a good fit. But in the meantime, I hope you guys have a really incredible week. Thank you, Dan, for being on today's episode, for sharing your incredible story. And, uh, you know, just press on. You got this. This is the this is the most generous season of the year. So be sure to jump out there and talk to those people about your cause. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to share your message because whether or not they're a good fit for it. It's going to make a difference just to keep sharing your story over and over again. So hope you guys have a great week. Let's go change the world one volunteer and one dollar at a time.